put the book underneath Love the curtain. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. In your mind, in your heart, gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. And they never will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis. This is MJ Network. MJ in memory of my sister, Marsha Joyce. It's pouring outside, but it's going to be really great. On parole while trying to survive her freedom, an ex-con comes to the aid of a boy looking for his activist mother who left him to save the bay from a corrupt town. And Allison wants, all she wants to do is start her music career, but there's something so special about her. And the author of Drowning Bay is here, Jeffrey Wells. Good morning, and welcome to MJ Network. This is going to be really good, people. Good morning, Fran. How are you? Hanging in there. Doing okay. And this book really catches you the minute you start. And the first scene, I mean, I felt so bad. Allison's really smart. And she really handles herself very well. So tell us about her and how come she was in jail. And I seem to feel that she didn't deserve it. Or do you think she deserved it? She um, she certainly didn't deserve jail, but the but the judge wanted to make an example of her because she was yeah. a confidential she was a confidential informant, and she sort of wanted to help them too much, and she ended up um, interfering what they call interfering with the investigation, uh, and the judge said you you can't do that. You knew what the terms were. You knew what your role should have been. Um, and he gave her a one-year prison sentence. I really felt bad for her, but she's my kind of person. Because if you want to do something right, sometimes you just have to break the rules to do it. Why not? Yeah, and you know what? That's what this is about. This whole book is really about that that exact point, is that, you know, when do you decide to do the right thing in the light of real consequences to yourself? I know that. <laughs> so, yeah. this is this I've always found fascinating. I always wanted to learn how people hack into people's information. It's so cool. So, how does technology come into place in her crime? Because you know, you've got these people that actually do this for a living. It's really cool. Sure. Well, you know, for the first, there there are really two crimes that that happen. Uh, the first one mm-hmm. is questionable whether it's actually a crime, but it is a hack, uh, where she sort of stumbles into a um, a book of passwords left by a previous um, Airbnb mm. host, um, and she logs in, and because she's technology savvy, she goes to the WordPress site where people create blogs. Mm. And there she discovers a blog that is about to be published but has not yet been posted. And it's it's a it's a time bomb. You know, it's an absolute time bomb. Mm-hmm. Basically this woman is saying, I don't wanna I, I'm I have to leave you, my family. It's it's a, you know, it's it's a it's a letter of parting and um sort of tears your heart out because she feels she has to leave and burn all her bridges in order to save the bay because she sees what's happening. And um, you know what I, Allison... Go on. I'll stop. I'll, t- I'll tell you something. I get a kick out of these drones. It's so cool. How does she figure out how to use a drone? And people use yeah. those in order to get information, right? Yeah. They do. Uh, in this case, it was a question of her knowing mm-hmm. that the drone would be used. And then she calls uh, someone she knows and mm-hmm. asked who, who, who works in the data center, you know, she asked this sort of fairly innocent question, which is how do you, how do you prevent drones flying over the data mm-hmm. center 
and not feeling information. And they say, and he says, well, they have what they call jammers, which jams the radio frequencies that, that, mm. um, that these, these drones. And then he, he goes on to say that in addition to that, they do GPS spoofing. In other words, your global position, your, excuse me, your global, your global position is actually faked for some, some other place, and the drone goes off to that place instead of where it's intended to go. So that's GPS spoofing, and uh, that's, that's, that's her, her, her crimes. Mm. Yeah. People commit crimes that are a lot worse than that, that's for sure. So when she gets out, for the, because of her parole, she has to stay in this air bond, and she stipulates she must stay with her father's house but not ready yeah. for, and it's not ready for occupation. So what about her family and her mother died? And I feel bad for her, plus the fact that I wasn't really thrilled about her, her parole offer, so she was kind of tough on her too, Mavis. Yeah, yeah. the parole, the parole officers are tough, and uh, they have to be because they're dealing with people, you know, who are hard yeah. cases for the most part. Um, and, you know, Allison... Uh, it's fairly common for parolees to be required to stay with family or people mm-hmm. who are close to for the first month or two and then slowly mm-hmm. sort of readapt going out into the real world on their own. But the uh, parole officers keep a pretty tight rein on them. Yeah, she was, whoa, not one of my favorite people, but I get where she's coming from. So she goes to her ex-boyfriend, right? And why does she go to him? And all she wants to do is start her life back where it was before her music career. Right. Because she, she right. loves it. That's that's my thing, music. I majored in music in college. Not exactly ah. the easiest thing to be. Yeah, it was tough. I didn't have a choice. The dean said you play the violin and the piano, and you're going to major in music. And I wanted to major in literature because I'm a reading specialist. didn't help. Two and a half years of... It was worth every minute of it. Let me tell you, it was hard, but it was worth it. So yeah. why does she go to her ex-boyfriend, and she wants to start her music career? So what, how come? Who is this guy that she, that's supposed to help her? You know, so this is a, this is a series of three books. In the, mm-hmm. we, we meet him. Uh, he is somebody that she had a relationship with, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a bunch of unfinished business because she was convicted and had to spend a year in jail. So she wants to go back to see him. And basically, because she was released a day early, um, her father could not pick her up, etc. And so mm-hmm. she wants to just go basically to his, to his new store in Harlem and uh, say hi, basically, and just sort of reconnect. But it it starts, it restarts their relationship. Well, we have the, the I love the boy. I love Sam. I, I just wish I could give him a big hug. He's so cool. Yeah, he's and a good guy. He's a good kid, and he trusts her. He gives her his mother's password and leads her to seeing the activist's unpublished blog. So Sam was the book boyfriend, and Sam is the refugee boy. So wh- how, did, how does she get him... Why did she decide to help him? I mean, that's a brave thing to do, to find his mother, to help him. You know, she, you know, when you spend a, a, a year in jail, um, you either decide you're going to continue your previous life or you decide you're yeah. going to change some things in your life going forward. And one of the things she realizes going forward is that she needs to look outside of herself because all of her music is internalized, and mm-hmm. she needs to expand her her view. And one of the ways she could do that is to become more empathetic and more sympathetic to people who need help. Uh, and she sees this kid at home, you know, who who's missing his his mother terribly. He's a homeschooled kid. He's a refugee, so he's kind of an outlier already. And uh, then she reads this unpublished blog about about this woman going away and leaving this kid and decides, I can't do this. I can't walk away from this kid. 
I have to to get involved. And so it goes from there. It's almost as if there's a cause Allison's going to go for it. And that there's a good reason. Well, there's a reason. And when we come to why, the the title of it, why, it's really scary. So the character that I really like is the father's girlfriend. Christina, Christina. is wrapped, and yeah, I like her, and get his daughter. She's dating, well, well tell us about her and why you, um, Allison sort of feels that she has an, an ally there in a sense. I like Christina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Allison is um, has a very interesting past because um, she was born to Gita, who at the time was a double agent in Africa, um, mm. and that was covered in the first book, which is a photo for the river. Um, and so she came, and she was brought up by this mother who had this double and double again life. Um, working with supposedly awful people but actually being a double agent. And so Christina learned to, you know, she came out of a Portuguese colony. She grew up also liking music and learning to sing the Fado uh, and then eventually came to the United States with her father. Uh, so then she decides, you know, she, she wants, she's an independent kind of spirited person and uh, she wants to branch out on her own, start her own farm, uh, a hydroponic farm and grow vegetables and specialist greens for restaurants. And so that's that's how she ends up being next door to uh, Allison's father who's just bought the, uh, the vineyard. He's a lawyer in the city. He's Dying to get out of town, and um, you know, live a, live a gentleman's life. But, mm. uh, good luck with that, right? So he you know, he buys his vineyard, and then he has to refurb the house, etc. Which where Allison's supposed to be staying, and of course it's not ready, which means she has to stay at this Airbnb, and she gets involved. Well, I think she would get involved anyway. I don't think she backs off when she thinks there's a cause. And then when you talk about the cause and why, then about the title, then she will understand why what she did was definitely right. So define fish kill and explain the problems with the water. And I feel so bad for the fish. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, it, you know, the book is centers around Peconic Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. here around the end of Long Island. And uh, it has some very fundamental problems. Um, one of them is that algae blooms of various types um, are becoming more uh, predominant. And um, these can be, um, they can uh, deprive the water of oxygen, which causes mm. what is hypoxia, which does not give enough oxygen to fish and they die and when they die mm. like this they die in hundred in their hundreds of thousands so you know you'll see you know half acres of floating fish in the in the creeks and and in, in the stiller waters and um so that so that's how the fish kill happens and it it happens with a fair amount of frequency you know at least a few times a year and I think that's becoming more common um, as these algae blooms and the water heats up. And what causes it is that what takes the oxygen out of the water is, of course, nitrogen, which comes from the nitrogen that is expelled from the land into the water. And that comes from fertilizer, fundamentally. But other sources as well, such as sewage. So, um, you know, it's, it's not a happy prescription for a bay that um, should support a healthy fishing population or fish population. It's sad. I love fish. You know, I had I had a tank of a lot of different fish, but I wouldn't put this. I wouldn't put the goldfish in it because I didn't want them to eat them. 
All right. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> they yeah. gave them fish food and said, too bad, you guys are not eating, not eating my little guys. So yeah. what, about, what about the body of water? Allison does not reveal who's in it. So what happens when she finds a body of water in the water? What is she afraid of? So, you know, she knows this activist is missing, and an activist is mm-hmm. she's an activist for the environment, which has a lot to do with the the wetlands. And um, so, when a body shows up in the wetlands with the fish kill, you know, the reader obviously assumes that that has to be the activist, but actually, it turns out to be. The, the kid who the corrupt uh, person with the town government had hired to actually deliberately poison the water. And the mm. reason he wanted to do that was to create a no-man's land so that a developer could buy the land cheaply and, you know, put up a big box store um, in that in that area. So, you know, it's... Uh, Allison realizes that there's not just we're not just talking about a, a missing activist here. We're talking about a plan to basically destroy the natural environment um, and, and and replace it with you know commerce and mm. you know development that 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 can't be that is not sustainable. The sad part is I get the feeling that just because the fish are dying that nobody really cares. She cares, but there aren't too many people that care that something's happening to the fish in the water because they're not doing anything about it. It's sad. So. You know, and the reason for that is it's easy to just write it off as a natural phenomenon. Yeah, I know. Um, That's what's sad. It's not. So as the story moves ahead, we learn about her friend James and his role in the music, and then she gets in trouble again. Allison. Yeah, so it's, you know, it is, it is it's a thriller. So she goes from bad to worse, mm-hmm. and she just gets deeper and deeper into this, but never loses her desire to get to the bottom of what she's become involved in. Mm. Um, so James is, you know, he's he's a character that represents her alternate life that she could have taken if she'd really stuck to her guns and said, you know, I want to be, I want to get back into the music business. He's a music producer. It would have made a lot of sense. But there's there's another voice in her head that says, I just can't walk away from the situation. It's just wrong. Mm. And so she, uh, she breaks it up with him. She's so like me, it's scary. I've always been, if I want to know something, I'm not going to stop until I get the answer. And no matter who I have to ask to get the answer, I'm going to I'm going to get it. And she's right. So how does the disappearance of the activist impact, impact her life? And what is she, the activist, trying to accomplish? And what's wrong with the water? Boy, it gets worse. Well, as I said, you know, the, the water has these problems, in the, the water in the bay. And the activist um, has been putting together a group of environmentalists who want to change things. And uh, they are called collectively the Gardner Movement because of uh, the, the, the importance they place on eelgrass. And we have a lot of eelgrass in one place. It's called an eelgrass meadow. And so the, the the term gardener because of you you know you mm. it's it's a garden for uh, fish spawning, shellfish, all sorts of wonderful things that clean the water, such as bivalves and oysters and mussels, etc. It goes on and on. And so you know she puts together this group, and the group begins to gain momentum. And it turns into a movement. And mm. so what she's doing is she's orchestrating these pro- protesters um, miscellaneous, as they said, anonymously, because basically she's she's just dropped out of all 
visibility completely, and she's just operating through um, anonymous um, social media connections. Uh, and really? this, this is what Allison begins to to um, to, to run into when she's um, trying to find an, uh, this activist. Well, she really risks she really risks it all, including going back to prison. I mean, that's amazing. So, what are they spraying, and why? You know, you get the exterminator once a month. They come. And I, I get nervous just, he just, you know, sprays a little in the kitchen, whatever. I'm afraid mm-hmm. to let him go anywhere <laughs> with that smell. I also yeah. wonder, you know, with the insecticides. He sprays it, but usually they come when I'm not home. The porter brings them in and go like, that's fine with me because I don't have to smell it. He'll spray right. in the bathroom and in the kitchen, but no place else. I don't like it. So what is he spraying and how can it be harmful? Because it's not safe. And tell us more about Sam and his role. I love Sam. Yeah, so the, the, the spray that um, is supposed to be uh, cutting down on mosquitoes and ticks in the area has been reformulated to be a sort of all-in-one solution. Mm. Um, and the uh, corrupt detective uh, of the town uh, works with the development company to develop additional toxins that are added to the spray that really will destroy the life of not only the insect, but also the fish and everything else. Mm. And this is, is a toxin that is very, very difficult to trace because it is a natural toxin that comes from a t- particular type of algae. And uh, that is called saxitoxin, and it comes from the, uh, from the algae bloom called Alexandrium. Mm. And that extract, she discovers, is absolutely lethal. Uh, one gram can kill eight human beings. Uh, it's extremely toxic. And so this scheme is to use the guise of mm. spraying for the protection of the population against these insects, such as mosquitoes, that, that, you know, that bear all these, these diseases and ticks that also bear all these these uh, these diseases or, or um, yeah I guess you could call them diseases uh, to protect the the population um, and then he introduces this additional toxin and um, uses it to to begin the work of destroying the wetland. So Allison has a good heart. Now, this surprised me. Why did you, the, what does the FBI agent want her to help? And I don't know about that one. And what is, what is their motive? And what is Allison set up and how? Because he draws her into, the, into it. So why does she, what does the FBI think that she could be of use? Yeah. So and She sort of had no choice. What? What she and and they discover is that it was actually no accident that she found the unpublished blog. Mm -hmm. She was actually intended to find it. But because there would be an investigation locally, the FBI needed a way to contact, or she, excuse me, let me phrase that, she needed a way to contact the FBI without notifying local law enforcement because of the corruption in the department. And the way they figured out to do this was for Allison to find that blog. So when when the when the FBI and she get together and they figure this out, the FBI says, Okay, continue playing on continue playing with the scheme of his to communicate with us uh, under the covers, and um, they make this arrangement to work together, where she would supply information in her investigations to them via uh, this method of uh, using using these these unpublished blogs to communicate. 
So it was ready to get around the local local law enforcement uh, to avoid uh, their involvement. Going back to prison, yeah, they sort of gave gave her a choice between a rock and a hard place, and she sort of like put in the middle, yeah. Right. If if a parolee uh, commits a crime, they go back to jail or or prison, Um, and that's 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 the stakes that she's up against. You know, the, the last thing she wants to do is go back there and become a recidiv- recidivistic uh, criminal who keeps going, coming out and going back to jail and coming out and going back. Um, you know, she wants to avoid that at all costs. Uh, yet at the same time, she, she also wants to solve this problem and she's willing to take that chance. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous game that she's playing. I know. So how does Sam, I love Sam, come into play, and why is Sifo taking care of him? Because what happens? So um, Sifo, or Sipo is, is the African uh, pronunciation, um, he, uh, he wants to get together. He wants to get back with Allison. And, and he knows that Allison really would like to help this kid. So he uh, he's a swimmer, and he knows that Sam loves to swim and to boat. And um, they begin to, or, or rather, um, Sipo begins to help this kid with his mm. boating, and Sam makes a break for it at set, at a certain point during the, the regatta. Uh, of the boat race, and Allison and Sipo know why, because he's going back to where he last saw his mother, mm. and Sipo swims out to get him, and they know that law enforcement are also looking for this kid, so they're spending the night swimming through the bay, avoiding law enforcement and you know the the, the uh, patrols the boat patrols uh, trying to find this right spot which is an osprey nest um, sticking out of the bay so he gets involved because she, first of all initially just to help Allison out and then secondly um, to protect this kid from getting into real danger and putting his life at, at he's putting his life I'm in danger. It's a sad story, though. So I wonder how many kids would really do that or really go out of the way like that for their mother because Sam's a rare one. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, nah. he's, he's got a lot of metal because if you consider he's a refugee, yeah. he was probably initiated, you know, he was initiated into... Uh, bush warfare uh, in Mozambique, uh, then you know got saved by the by the UN refugees um, agencies. Um, so he's had this long track record of being mm. uh, tough and you know surviving all of these things. And so when it comes to finally he has a family. Uh, who who loves him, and then the woman, uh, you know, disappears. He, he's not going to take it. He's going to go after her and try and find her. He's he's too special, this kid. You just want him to have some things, have a good life, but you never know. So how does Allison think Raph can help to stop it? And who is Frank, and why does he want to help? Yeah, Raph. It is, the, is the husband of the missing activist, and he's yeah. he's de- he's, de- he's basically devastated that she's missing, and he's he he just doesn't know what he doesn't know what to do. He and so when Allison comes to stay, she realizes that she has to take things into her own hands because he's just not going to be effective in mm. um, in finding this woman. So so that's Raph's story. Um. Sorry, what was the other part of your question? The other step of the question is, who is Frank and how does he decide to help? Right, so Frank is an old school, uh, music school friend of 
of, of hers. Uh, he, he plays the cello. Mm. And, um, you know, he tried to make a success of his music career and basically, you know, apart from playing, you know, gigs on the weekend and that sort of thing, um, it didn't work out for him and he got into technology. He works for a, a Bitcoin wallet service as a tester. And so he, he's deep into, into the new technologies. And so she thinks of him when she needs him uh, to do something for her because she had helped him out when they were at, at, uh, at music school um, by encouraging him, uh, encouraging his um, cello performances. You know, what's really sad is that there's so many things that are happening in the environment, you know, whether it's toxics or just people that just, you know, throw garbage in the street, anything. And it's just that people don't realize that when they do stuff like that, it really hurts the air and it hurts the environment. That, you know, I don't, I don't even know, just at, at times even before this horrible pandemic, I used to say maybe I should put a mask over my face because the smells are just horrible. They don't realize it. They don't realize that what's happening is is their fault. That's that's sad. So, uh, as the truth come out, and Allison finds herself risking her freedom, why does she go along with Tana, and how will the result benefit the environment? You know, he basically gives her a choice, a choice she can't refuse because um, mm. he says, you, 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 you know, we'd like you to cooperate with us but if you don't want to uh, we're going to have to put a, an ankle bracelet on you and we'll let your parole officer run your life now for the next you know year um, so make your choice and it's, mm. you know, it's a horrible choice because either way it's not good for her but she ends up um, deciding to help them because she, she hates the idea of wearing an ankle bracelet where they know her every single movement, 24 by 7. So tell us, the, the main thing is the mother. Tell us about Gitta. What was she trying to do, the mother? What was her point? She was, she was trying to finally gel some movement and protest movement to really mm. make people make a difference to take action to stop things from getting out of hand so that the, the conic bay is, is not doesn't turn basically into uh you know a a a, a, um, a body of water that that can't support life she really really kind of had a good cause it's just so sad so how can they stop what was started how do you stop something like that with these powerful people? Well, you know, the thought, as I said, of these algae booms and um, mm -hmm. and, and global warming is, is, a, is, a, is part of this as well. That's a different discussion, but it is part of that. Part of the, the problem is that the, is that the water is warming up, um, mm -hmm. which actually encourages these, these algae blooms. But the source of the, them is basically nitrogen. Um, and there's a lot that can be done to stop that nitrogen. And local municipalities, local towns um, have attempted to put in, uh, you know, cesspool monitoring and prevention of leaking nitrogen out into, into the bays. Um, there are um, all sorts of measures that can be taken to prevent nitrogen uh, from getting into lawns and that sort of thing. So over-fertilization, agriculture, you know, the list goes on and on to prevent nitrogen leaching into the bay. Now, what's unique about the bay here on the North Fork or the end of Long Island is mm. that the water source for the population all comes from the same aquifer as all these fertilizers are leaching into. And so, you know, there'll, there'll be a time, she figures, where even the drinking water will be toxic above, above the water, not to mention 
the poisoning of the of the bay water underneath. Now, before I forget, tomorrow, number three, people, <laughs> um, Dick Belsky, Vincent Zandry, Charles Schultzberg will be here for a panel on, this is a wild topic, where do you write? Do you write from your room? Do you write from the bathroom? Do you write from your living room? And Vincent writes from foreign countries, and how do you write? Do you scribble? Do you have notes? Do you video? How do you write? And whatever else they decide to talk about. On the 10th, um, Stephen Manchester, dad. On the 12th, this is exciting. This is going to be a double discussion, not an interview. It's my reading professor from Lehman College. Dr. George Cavuto and I are going to take on the topic of, from the UE book from 1800s, how do you teach children to understand what they read? Because that's my specialty. On the 16th, murder is not a girl's best friend. On the 18th, exit strategy. On the 23rd, Pilot Scroll. And on the 24th, Lee Matthew Goldberg, Manish Me. On the 26th, murder, um, Sweet Murder. And on the 31st, Death Warrant. What would you do if you had to kill yourself in order to get the freedom of somebody else? And that's just December, no, May, because wait you hear Tess Gerritsen at the end of June. We got it all. So... Sam got his mother's passwords. How did that help her to find out what was going on? Well, she, she it led her to this unpublished blog, and she take, she decided to take action based on that. So, one, one thing she began to she began to connect the dots, and realize uh, that with activists had a, a much larger agenda than simply just going away. So how did you create the final scenes and tie them all together? So the 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 the, the uh, momentum of the plot um, leads to a particular point where, which is this osprey nest uh, in the bay uh, because that was where he saw his mother last. And Allison, um, who's on the run from, from, from the law, basically, um, and then Sipo, who's also trying to prevent Sam from damaging himself through exposure to the water, they all converge around this this osprey nest, and so it it wasn't it, it made sense that. All of those story elements come together uh, for the final um, climax of the story. Mm. Now, where does Sam and Sipho wind up? That's the cool part about it. Is there going to be a sequel to this one? Got to ask that question. There is not. I, I'm not going oh, to. Um, I, I'm not going to do any further um, stories mm. on these. You know, I've done. I've written three books. It's a trilogy. Now I'm moving on to, to new material. But oh, they that's end up good. In, they end up in in Greenport, um, with Sipo uh, um, deciding to move based on his conviction that he can make a life uh, with Allison, and Allison realizes that um, her desire to write music. Uh, is actually now enhanced because she sees a bigger world. She sees the world at large. And so figuratively speaking, she finds a symphony in the tides rather than in herself. Yeah, I know. Music is so powerful. And sometimes you just listen. You know, you go outside and you listen, even to the wind sometimes it speaks to you. It makes a song. It's different. Music, exactly. music is, is is the most beautiful. It takes you, carries you away. And major music I did, the only thing that was really pathetic was that they made me take voice. That was really sad. Because I could hear it in my head, but what came out, I actually got earplugs for everybody in the class. That's how bad. And wow. you, what, what, could it, <laughs> what could you do? So why is this plot line about the fish and the water and the toxins? 
And what about a real life problem? Does this does this talk about? Well, as I said, the the, the real life problem is you know what there's there's a tremendous apathy uh, to do anything about the environment, um, and uh, her her intent is well the, the activist's intent is to really like a spark under the population to become active and, and, and make a difference. Is that actually Uh-oh, question? one second. My phone just dropped. Uh-oh. Don't do this to me, phone. I'm just going to leave I'm going to leave it the way it is because it's still on the floor. Um, I can still hear how you. does it end for the environment? What happens? The reader will be left with the impression that... Um, because uh, there's, there's a heightened awareness uh, because of the end of the story, um, mm. the reader will realize that um, the environment can change uh, if everybody does their part and they, you know, show that they're interested and they make their own personal contribution. If everybody does that, it'll make a difference. Why do people not realize that they're, they're the cause at, at times? I mean, I go walking in the street and somebody drops their paper on the floor, and I look at them and go, "Are you serious?" Or you, or they take a soda and they spill it out on the street. I know that's or they, I can't, I, can, I can't stand it. I know that um, I go to the Bronx on Saturday to get my hair done, and I know that if the police see you do that, they're gonna give you a ticket, seriously, and they should. Um, there are specific garbage pails, believe it or not, for specific things now. You can throw this there, but you can't throw that there. But people don't care. They don't read. Right. That's what. That's what's even scarier. And they'll walk in the street. They think the worst thing that people do that's even worse is they. T- I don't. I don't like cigarettes. Cigarette smoking, and then they throw the butt on the floor, and they don't put it out. They just let it go. And I and I said something to somebody one day. I go, you know, I'm allergic to the smell. Do you mind just crushing it? Because who the heck, who needs that? So yeah. it just, how it's do you one t- of my pet tie in the detect? It's it's scary. People just don't care. That's really horrible. So how do you tie in the detective and the developer and the protesters? How do I tie them in? Yeah, all together. Yeah. I'm afraid to move my chair because I don't want to get disconnected. <laughs> right. So the detective and the developer are, are working together to try and destroy the weapon so that they can justify um, the rezoning of that area for commercial development. Mm. But there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that try to do that. A lot of people, sometimes they knock down houses or stuff just to build up something else. So what was her what was her ultimate goal, Allison? And how did Allison and Sam understand the true meaning of the word freedom? Because it's a powerful word, and people don't realize how lucky we are to have our freedoms. Look at those people in the Ukraine and what they're doing to them, and they deserve their freedoms. What they're doing there, they don't deserve at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely tragic what's going on. And, you know, freedom is... is um, is, is a massive subject, and it means something different for everyone. Um, but there's one, I think, fundamental understanding that mm-hmm. everybody intuitively understands, and that is freedom is a responsibility. It is something that needs to be uh, actively pursued and protected and nurtured. Uh, freedom is not necessarily a right Uh it mm. is fundamentally a responsibility that we all need to um, recognize, so that uh, it's not eroded, as uh, you know, as so often happens when um, dictators and despots take over. It's because people have forgotten how they should be protecting their freedoms. So how, I know, it's, and it's hard to believe that. 
there are kind of, I mean, there are so many people around the world that don't have this freedom, and people here just sort of like take it for granted. And there are people that think that what the you know the, the, what's happening in Ukraine is right. It's wrong, and people that think that what's happening there is is wrong. They don't they don't they don't see. I wonder sometimes if they were living there how they would feel. But those people are fighting back. So what is the definition of the drowning bay? Well, it's it's what it, it's drowning in the issues that are going to destroy it, basically. So although the bay is a, is a body of water, and how, how can a body of water drown in its own water? Well, it can uh, figuratively because uh, the issues will, will basically uh, submerge it to the, to the extent that um, it can no longer function as a body of water that supports life and is no longer sustainable. That's it. Sad. And how many? I mean, you, you, the Hudson River, the Harlem, all of them—they're all polluted, and you have people swimming them, and that's not safe either. That—that's what's really scary. So, if if Allison could speak out at the end, what would she say? What would she tell everybody? You know, I think she would say. Uh, First of all, we need to recognize the science. We need to find uh, ways to address that, those issues um, based on the facts, the scientific facts, uh, in our own personal lives. You know, mm. we, we all live in, in kitchens and we all, you know, go to the bathroom and we all, you know, do the laundry and all of those processes. Uh, involve chemicals uh, it's in one way or the next, and we need to be aware of what we're doing to the environment when we use them. And mm. the more we push back, the more the manufacturers will respond and create products that are not so damaging. Well, all of your books deal with the environment or ecology or something, but the one that stands out to me the most was the first, the sec, the one I read last, which was about the Ivory Coast and the elephants. That that broke my heart. That really, yeah. you know, hit hit me. That yeah. people didn't un, don't understand about the tusks and everything. That was the day that I was interviewing you, and I logged off a whole bunch of people that were trolls. That's when I decided to do my show private because there were people that were making comments that had no idea what they were talking about. And, yeah. I, and I, let, let, I blasted them out. I said, you don't have no idea how important this topic is. You have no important how idea that the elephants have rights too. And who are you to say that what, what's happening is wrong? I mean, it's, it's, it's frightening. So tell us about what's next. Okay. Yeah, what's coming out next? Yeah. So my next uh, my next novel is called Never Less. Um, it is a thriller about two teens who find an octogenarian mentor that will help them save their fathers. Feisty and brainy Mindy is a problematic is is a problematic has excuse me has a problematic father, a doctor who's in denial about his own addiction to cocaine and opioids. Pablo is a dreamer kid whose father is an undocumented Mexican laborer. Their friendship stems from Mindy's obsession to be captain of the soccer team. It is Pablo who shows her mm. what it will take to make captain and what it will take to save their fathers. So that's the quick blurb uh, of what Nevertheless is about, and uh, I expect it will be out uh, early next year. That's more like a YA book, right? It's more like for kids to learn to read this. It it's it'll it's going to be a middle it's going to be marketed as a middle grade book uh, oh, that's for good. young te- for for uh, young teenagers. The I'm going to have to get one for my are, nephew. The characters themselves are are twelve and, and thirteen. I'm going to have to get one for my nephew because. Christopher Christopher is becoming 13 in um, December. He's really a good kid. And I think that more kid, children have to read 
that's the other thing we're going to talk about next Thursday is how to get kids to understand that reading is very powerful. The problem is is that even when I was teaching reading is, or anything, is that parents should let children read what they want. I don't mean junk, you know what I mean, but books that interest them. And even if it's not a book, it's a news article, if it's a sports article, as long as somebody reads, that's what's important. And there's not enough enough of that. I mean, I'm the only one in my family that reads. That's just me. My nephews are geniuses, but they read for school. Everyone reads, you know, newspapers and stuff like that. So I, I said, well, what would you like to would you like to read a book? I'll send it to you. No, it's why it's it's amazing that they don't think that it's important to pick up a book and read. It doesn't matter whether it's a mystery or sports or whatever. So we got to work on that next week. So where can everybody learn more about you and your work? Uh, well, the first place they can go is to my website, which is Jeffrey Wells Fiction, and that's G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y. It's the British spelling of Jeffrey Wells, W-E-E-L-L-S, and then fiction, and that's all one word. So it's JeffreyWellsFiction.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, also under Jeffrey Wells Fiction. Uh, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Goodreads. So all of those are uh, places to find me. So what message would you, before we end, I'm trying to untangle my phone here, um, what message would you want readers to get from reading all of your books? I fixed it finally. Hey. <laughs> uh, what I would want uh, readers to get from my books is that um, I always focus on a life-affirming assumption that mm. life is Life goes on, uh, life is precious, and, um, you know, there, there, there has to be an element of hope uh, mm-hmm. that, we can, that we can live uh, in a better future. Well, everybody, this has been a really great interview, and it's still raining outside. You're on the, you're, I know where you are. My sister lived on the island where you mm-hmm. lived, and... Um, is it raining there too? What <laughs> is pouring here? No, it's pretty but, bad. It's pretty nice here today. No, it's gonna rain. It's raining. It's raining today. It's gonna rain Thursday. It's gonna rain tomorrow. It's gonna rain Saturday. Yeah. What can I tell you? I've always wanted to stand out in the rain and hope I would grow because well, <laughs> the rain is important. But Jeffrey, thank you so much. And when you get the next one, let me know. And Indeed. I want to make sure that I put you in my schedule when I when I come in. Everybody. This has been a great interview, and I want everybody to do something nice for somebody. If we all did an act of kindness or did something to help the environment, that would make it a whole lot better. Everybody have a great day, and bye. Thank you very much, friend.